I'll set these over here on the chair. Well, we're recording for whenever you're Okay. And it's Stephanie World, right? Yes. What happened to the May? <coughs> oh, well, back when I first signed up for Facebook, it, <coughs> they wouldn't accept my last name. They thought it was fake. Really? Yeah, so they wanted me to send in some, like, identification stuff, and I just didn't want to jump through all of that. So it's just been that way since. I could probably go in and fix it now, but <laughs> I choose not to, I guess. Okay. <clears throat> I wonder when the name change came. Well, I didn't know it was that. No, it's Stephanie World, but that <clears throat> middle, my name's my middle name's May. So, <laughs> and, and was have you ever been married? No. So your family name is World. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's sort of a cool name. I get it? that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Odyssey House Journals. We have over a hundred of these podcasts already. I'm Randall Carlisle. My co-host, Rachel Santizo, could not be here today, but we have a special guest, Stephanie World, who I would, I've known you for quite a few years now, mm -hmm. right? Since I... How many years ago was it when I... About four. Four? Four. I, I was working in television at the time, and I, I pulled you aside at a rally at the state capitol mm -hmm. and said, would you do an interview? And you go, yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's how Stephanie and I met. And then since then, she, she was going through recovery at the time, and I was still working in television, and I was in recovery, but then I since resigned from the TV station and came over to work at Odyssey House. This is one of the most watched podcasts dealing with addiction and recovery, and we're trying to examine, we're trying to eliminate people uh, as to, to give them a better understanding of the complicated nature of addiction, which is horribly complicated, and then also the positive benefits of recovery. So if you wouldn't mind, can we start with how you became addicted to substances and what, what age, way back when? Yeah, so it's, I struggled with my addiction for, I'd say about 12 years. Um, I was 18 years old and, well, I, high school actually. I just kind of dabbled in smoking weed and then that led to ecstasy, uh, mushrooms, cocaine, and then eventually when I was 18 years old, I, I tried meth. And that's what really got a hold of me. Um, so for about 12 years off and on, I struggled with that. I would I'd get clean for maybe a year and I would do like an outpatient treatment. Um, went through drug court a few times. Would I would complete the program, but then I, once I was completed with the program, I just ended up right back out there using. Um, so that, ha that, that went back and forth for about 12 years, and then eventually I lost my kids. How many kids? I have three boys. And they are adorable. Yes, they are. <laughs> and, 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 and you love them dearly. I, I do, I, yes. I yes, so losing them was kind of my, my wake-up call. Um, DCFS got involved and took them. And when I had lost them, the court was, um, the only thing that was really helping my case at that point was that I had been in and out of many outpatient treatments, but I had never had the opportunity to do a residential program. So that was the only thing that really saved me at that point. And me keeping my kids was given the opportunity to, to go into 
a residential facility. So I checked myself into Odyssey House. In, so I lost my kids in May of 2017, and then I checked myself in to Odyssey in June of 2017. Before so. we get into the Odyssey program, there are people who don't understand addiction. Can you explain why, on the surface, it appears that you put your addiction ahead of your kids? Why? How, I mean, people will say, how could you do that? You're being threatened with losing your kids, mm-hmm. yet you're still doing this. Mm-hmm. Can you explain how the, what's going through your head at the time? Um, for me, it was a lot of justifications. Um, uh, every time I found myself, I mean, at this, for this case, I was going through a really rough breakup with my kids' dad. Um, and I justified a lot. I used, had a lot of thinking errors that I didn't really know how to identify at that point. But, um, and it was to kind of help numb what I was going through. And I justified it a lot, saying, oh, I'm staying home with my kids. It's not like I'm doing anything wrong and I'm not doing the drugs around them. Um, so for, for me, it was a lot of thinking errors and, and, um, and not really knowing or having the proper tools to really cope with everything that I had been going through. So, Did you, Have you ever watched the... Uh the video, Pleasure Unwoven. No, I haven't. It's, it's a doc explaining what goes through, what, what, in simple terms, not in scientific terms, what's happening in your brain when you're addicted. Oh, you know, I think I might have seen that while I was in treatment. And he's talking about the so. center part of your brain, which controls things like sex and, and, and staying alive and stuff like that, yeah. and how when you're using drugs that rises to the top, Mm -hmm. and that becomes more important than anything else. Yes, yes. Is that what happened to you? Um, Yeah, I think that the drug use kind of fogged everything that I was... I was dealing with, but um, yeah, I can. I, I remember watching that movie, and yes, I can. I can honestly say that. I mean, people say that addiction is, it's a choice, and people choose to live that life. But it's there's a lot more to it, obviously, than 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 people's opinion on that. So, yeah. you you came to, it's my favorite program at Odyssey is the the Parents with Kids program, mm-hmm. and that's how I met you. You were in that program. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe you can describe it for people watching or listening to this, what, how the program works, the size of it, and, and, and how you can help hopefully reunify with your kids and everything. Yes, yeah, so it is a, it's a lot smaller than most of the residential facilities. It only holds, gosh, I would say, if I remember correctly, I mean, we, we probably have between parents and kids maybe up to 28 people in the house at one, at one time. Um, but the way it works, I mean, in a lot of cases, people, I mean, we do have a lot, they do have a lot of self-admits who come in with their children, but a lot of it is for, um, there's, there's clients coming in who have lost their kids to DCFS. Um, and they're, they're giving, an, they're giving, the courts are giving them an opportunity to uh, show that they are a fit parent, that they can get their head on straight and They'll go into the program after a few months of maybe showing some progress. Then the courts will decide, okay, maybe now's a good time to do the child home placement and allow the kids to move in with the parent. Um, and, of course, I mean, Odyssey, when I was in that, I, it, they, 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 I struggled with getting my kids back. It took me eight months. I was in that house 11 months, and they were my biggest advocates. And I didn't see it at that point. I didn't see it at that time, but they – they really help with, they have parenting groups, they have, they have a, a lot of things to help give parents the tools that they need to be successful when they're done. So, 
The, it's, and, and people, I, I've been in the house many times, and it's, it's an interesting situation because you have, uh, I think the numbers I was told is we could have a max of 16 parents and 23 kids. Mm -hmm. And you're living in, uh, describe the house because, I mean, I came up to do a couple of stories on it, and uh, it's sort of organized chaos yeah. <laughs> because... Yeah. There's so many kids running around and, and, and moms and dads. and It's uh, a lot. You know, and, and I remember getting there early one, one day. Talk about how the day goes at this because the, the children, for those of you who don't understand the program, the kids, I mean, it took a while for you, but mm -hmm. the kids actually live there with their parents. Mm -hmm. so, so starting in the mornings. Um, we get up at 5, uh, get the kids up, everybody ready to go, um, get the kids ready for daycare for the day because we have child services or children's services where we can take them while we do group during the day. So our mornings would start out. We'd get up, get ourselves and our kids ready. Um, and then we have it's what we call in with kids. And it's an hour thing that we go downstairs to do with the kids, and we just do activities with the kids. It's like a little bonding thing that... We do bright and early in the morning, and, and um, once that was done, we'd all get ready to get and get the kids ready to go, get strollers ready to go. And then everybody in the house will walk their kids down to children's services. This is about 9 o'clock in the morning, and we're, we go drop them off and walk back in time for group to start at 9.30. Um, and then we do group from about 9.30 to 3 o'clock. Um, parenting groups, there's DBT groups, all of that throughout the week. So we do that Monday through Friday. Um, and then the kids stay at, at the daycare until about five o'clock when we go pick them back up and come back home, um, get dinner made and get the kids fed. And then we, they were really big on bedtime routines. And that's something I've carried with me out of that house is our bedtime routine. It's just, it makes everything run so much smoothly, but, but, um, yeah, we, every, all the parents have their time with their kids during their bedtime routine, um, get in the bath, read books, whatever it is. Um, and then we get the kids in bed so my time <laughs> so if you ever see a group of people with strollers yep. <laughs> on 100 south going from what is it 500 east down to 344 east mm -hmm. which is where our child services are that's the parents group from odyssey i was yep. saying i loved watching that every day and you guys do that through rain sleet snow oh yeah <laughs> every morning we'd walk them down it didn't matter if there was a foot of snow on the ground or yeah it was we got our kids down there walk back for group and, and did our group during the during i the day, remember so. uh, it goes to show you some of the thinking of what of, of odyssey's thinking uh, i remember seeing a couple uh, struggling moms uh, down at the administration building, which is where child services is. And, and I thought, of, and I was going up to the parents program, and I thought of offering them a ride, mm -hmm. and I didn't. And I asked somebody about that, and they say, don't, because that's part of the responsibility that you have to learn to deal or with. Do, yeah, you learn life skills. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, rain, snow, you get to where you, 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 get to where you need to go. And then, yeah, it's... That, was, that would have never been something that we would have been allowed to do. So we got our kids down there, and we, we got back for group in time. And, yeah, it was, it was a lot of work, but, but we did it, and I got through it. So it was a lot of work, but I learned a lot through it. So The other thing I noticed that I found really interesting is you bond with some of the other moms in there oh, yeah. to the point that 
you help take care of their kids and they help take care of your kids. Yes. Can you sort of describe that? So, um, yeah, I mean, be, I mean, whether it's because we have to shower, we have to, we have to do stuff for ourselves that we, we need that support from the other parents in the house. So, yeah, there was, I mean, if I needed to shower, I would ask one of my peers, hey, would you mind keeping an eye on my kids while I can go, you know, do whatever it is. Like if I was on dinner that night and I needed help keeping an eye on my kids, yeah, they really have to lean on each other um, to be able to get stuff done in that house, whether it's maybe doing their chores. And it, I mean, I mean, for me, I had three kids in there, so it was, it was, it was, it was rough. <laughs> but yeah, we really have to lean on each other in that house for support and help with our kids um, to be able to get a lot of the stuff done in there that we needed to do. So and what do the kids think of this? I mean, your kids are old enough now to talk about their feelings and everything. Mm-hmm. What it, when they look back on their time at that house, do they have good feelings or bad feelings? Um, well, them coming there was a struggle. Um, of course, it was a new environment for them. So, right. um, But looking back on it now, um, they, my, my oldest is the only one that really remembers it. My two younger were pretty, were pretty little, but he remembers a lot of it. And he, he's... Um, He's, I think he's got a little bit of mixed feelings about that place, but, <laughs> but he's, um, he sure remembers it though. I mean, it was a big uplift in his whole environment. So the other thing they work on, um, cause I got to know Troy pretty well oh, yeah. is they work on individual therapy with you and your kids. Yes. Describe that for me. So I would have, um, a one-on-one therapy with him, just myself. And then he would have a one-on-one therapy with just them. And then we would also have a group therapy with all of us. So that was really helpful. I did learn a lot from Troy and, uh, and how to approach situations and what was going on with the kids. And, and, and um, so yeah, that was really helpful to be able to connect with me on what I was doing as a parent and then connect with my kids and what they were going through. Um, and then to be able to come together um, during our sessions where we would all be together, we would do um, playtime and, and, and really have show me, show, showing me ways to bond with my kids a lot more. So that was very helpful. We've been, we've been down there and I have actually filmed him doing a, a playtime thing in his special room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I don't know, maybe, maybe, Matt, we can find, I know it's more work on your part, but maybe we can find the video that we have of Troy doing that to cover this part of it, but what do they, what do they learn from this? Um, they, they really learned how to... what does he learn from um, them? Oh, my kids? Yeah. Uh, just really, they, one thing that they really learned, they learned how to identify their feelings. My oldest, um, to be able to express his feelings in, in appropriate ways. Um, cause they, I mean, them moving into Odyssey, that was, I mean, them leaving me when I lost them was hard enough on them as it was. Um, but then, having to leave where they were at to come to live with me in Odyssey was also um, some behavior started coming out of them that we were able to really show them how to express their, their, their feelings in an appropriate way, um, letting them know that it's okay to have these feelings. Um, but yeah, Troy really helped me um, with a lot of things when it comes to my kids and parenting. So, so you you get out of the Odyssey program. What happened to your life after that? Oh, so <laughs> I, I I hit the ground running. I did the Voyager program once I left the house. Um, I I didn't go to our transitional housing. I went. It's called Life Start Village. 
um, where they t- it's for single parents. Um, I've been there. I, yes. I did a story on it once. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, I went there, and I, I finished. I, I did about six to eight months in the Voyager program and graduated and started working. Um, and then I, I focused on um, getting my GED. I went and got my GED. It took me about six months. I had a tutor for that, and, and, and I finally got my GED. Um, shortly after I got my GED, I started working for Odyssey House as the receptionist over at Sugar House. Which is our outpatient facility, one of two. Yes, yes. Um, And then I worked there for maybe nine months um, when we had plans to open up the Redwood outpatient building. And it was, I was actually, I mean, I just wasn't, I wasn't making a whole lot and I was really needing more hours um, than what I was getting there. So I was getting ready to actually start looking for another job somewhere else. And... They told me, well, just sit tight. We're getting ready to open up this Redwood building. Um, and I wanted to apply for the office manager position over here. So I was able to, uh, um, they were able to open up that position for me to apply and interview and ended up giving me the position for this. So now I'm the office manager over here at Redwood. And I'm now also, I've been the office manager here for almost two years. And I am now looking into starting school. So (laughs) I am. Life is good in recovery. Yes, yes, yes. Describe the difference between when you were in active addiction and the way life is now in terms of your personal happiness. Oh, you know, I lived in a lot of fear um, back in my addiction and before I got help. I, I had three kids. I didn't have anything really going for me. Um... I was really codependent in my relationships, um, and I didn't. And then when I split up with the the kids' dad, and he was in his addiction and doing his thing, I was really afraid that I I didn't know how I was gonna raise three kids on my own. I, I that was that was not a good feeling. <laughs> um, so I lived in a lot of fear. And now that I have gotten help and gotten clean and. I, I set goals for myself once I got out of treatment and I started accomplishing all those goals. I, I am to a point now to where, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm able to financially take care of my kids and I'm doing it all on my own and I don't have any help financially. And it's such a good feeling that I would never want to ever backtrack or go back to that fear that I once felt. Because that was, I, I will never forget that fear that I had that maybe these kids are better off without me. How am I going to support three kids for the rest of my life and raise these kids all on my own? Like, that was a real fear of mine. And, and now I think that, I mean, we have our days, but I think I'm doing an amazing job, so. <laughs> People need to understand that you going from where you were to where you are now takes a lot of work. Oh, yeah, it does. And I'll, I'll be the first. It's a lot of work, but it's worth it. Um, I really, I, I found myself with uh, a client who had just came to outpatient from the parents program. I'm really like, cl- like clicking with her. I told her I was there. She came and she got out of treatment and she was just kind of scattered and didn't understand what she needed to do. Like it was, cause going from being in the residential program to outside in the real world, it's a struggle. You know, you go from a really structured environment, to just kind of really structured. It's a, it's a, <laughs> yeah. So it, I struggled. So I was able to really relate with her and say, Hey, you know, you can reach out to me anytime if you need to. Um, it's, but it's, it's hard and it takes some work, but I think that 
I think that with everything that I've accomplished, I just, I, once I knocked out one goal, I set out for another one. And, and um, I think that's just the best feeling in the world is to be able to look at where I was at then and where I am now. And I would never want to go back to where I was at. But so. there always is the possibility of relapse for all of us. There right? is. And I always say, I always say, never say never. Like, <laughs> but I am very, the, the happiness I feel now versus the fear and sadness I had then. I was just in a very dark place for a lot of years. Um, I am, I'm very confident in where I'm at now. And I'm very content and I'm very happy. I've never felt this content in my life. So I'm glad you're at that spot. I think the thing that I, I, I went through an IOP program twice uh, for my alcoholism. Mm -hmm. And the first time I got out, I stayed clean for nine months. Uh, and the thing that I didn't embrace was after being a functional alcoholic for like decades, I couldn't fathom life without a drink for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And I finally learn the second time through don't don't look upon that as like the next 30 years you can't drink yeah because that's not going to work for you <laughs> but just look at to, you know look at today you're sober uh and go to bed at night and, and hope that you'll be sober the next day mm -hmm. and just go and it's the old aa adage you know one day at a time mm -hmm. uh and that worked for me and all of a sudden it's turned into close to 10 years now yep. but that's the only way you can do it yeah. Right. Yep. I, I agree with that. Um, I just, yeah, I wouldn't, I, I look at my life now and I can never imagine going back to that place. So one of the things I always do is I play the tape and yes, I, that's and, my, yep. <laughs> and I, cause I, I, I've been tempted to, uh, especially when I'm in settings where I used to drink all the time. I'm like, and one of mine is at a beach. Mm -hmm. Okay, because there's bars around beaches and everybody seems to be having a good time and everything. And I play the tape and I look back to my past mm -hmm. about how I felt and how I was living yes. versus how I'm doing it now. And that dissuades me from going to that bar and getting a drink. Yeah. Do, you, do you play it? I do. That's my actually, that's my go-to. And that's what I tell everybody if they're feeling like if they come to me and they're needing some support play the tape through. That was always my biggest thing. And I, and I always, I haven't really ever put myself in situations where I feel like I've got to, um, I don't put myself in situations often where I feel like I have to do that. But, but if I ever do, I, that's my biggest thing is I, if I lost my kids again, I would never get them back. I've worked way too hard to, to even want to go back to that life. So what about the aspect of who you hang around with? I notice, I, I notice that some of your fan, friends are other people in recovery. Yeah, my my closest friends right now are some of my peers that I had in the parents program. So, and it's really nice because um, I've had friends like my, my my very best friends I was in the house with. I've built I've been able to build really strong relationships and 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 keep close friendships from people I was in treatment with. Um, even people that I have been longtime friends with for years and years, who I was in my addiction with 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago, they've also gone through the program. Maybe not in the same house as me, but they've, right. gone, yeah, they've been able to go through the program and, and get some help and get clean and have their life together now. So I think a lot of people don't understand, and that's one thing most rehab programs will teach people, is you can't go back to your old life mm -hmm. or you'll relapse. Yep. You know, and it's important who you hang around with. 
It is. And, and it's a lot easier to stay sober if they're staying sober. Yep. Right? I mean, I've learned that, I mean, there's people from my past that I just have to learn to love at a distance. Um, you know, maybe check in on them every now and then and see how they're doing. But yeah, I can't put myself around the people that I used to hang around. I can love them from a distance, but... That's a good way of putting it. Yes. And the other thing that we always talk about is self-care. What do you do for self-care? Oh, you know, <laughs> um, uh, with three kids, I don't really have a whole lot of time to do self-care. Um, however, I have taken up reading this last few months. I really, I had a friend of mine send me a, an audio book, and I've found that, that at night that's really helped me to wind down. So I've been doing that. Um, I like to every few months... Um, like here, not next weekend, but the weekend after, me and a few girlfriends are going to go up to Park City for the night and have a girls' night. So I kind, I, I like to be able to have a night to myself to go out and, and enjoy some time with my friends. But other, I don't really have some. I don't have a whole lot of time for self care. No, I guess you wouldn't. You yeah. have a full time job and you with have kids, three kids. Yes. So. But it, but self care is important. Yes. Yes. I think it's important for me to be able to to take a break whenever when I have an opportunity. You know, maybe sometimes the kids will go to their grandma's for the night and I'm able to go out with some friends and, and have a girl's night or it, that's important to me. Um, I get, I, I, a lot of the time find myself feeling really burnt out with everything. I mean, I go to work, come home. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's every every day, but, um, self care. I, I don't have a whole lot of time for it, but I do like to, um, I've been reading lately. Um, and then spending time with, Spending time with people that I love is also a big one. How's your relationship with the rest of your family now as opposed to when you were in active addiction? So I don't have a whole lot of my family here. I'm not real close with my family. Um, but I do have my dad here, and it's been, it's been really great. I thank, I thank him so much. He's, 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 a lot, he's, a, he's a big support to me. If I'm ever, like, if my kids need to be picked up from daycare because I'm working late or whatever it may be, um, my relationship with my dad is really good now. Um, but, but also, um, I have the kids. So my kids' dad's mom, their grandma, her and, she, her and I have come a long ways. She didn't used to like me. Um, <laughs> she's actually the one who called DCFS on me. When really? I lost my kids, yes, and now her and our relationship is amazing. Like I, if I'm struggling, I can go. To, I can call her. Um, she's really proud of me, and she doesn't ever skip a beat on telling me how proud of me she is. So um, my relationship with her has improved significantly. Was she right in calling DCFS on you? Yes. Yes. Explain. Because I was using, and I so I left a really bad relationship. Um, and I had nowhere to go with my kids. I had left their dad and nowhere to go with three kids. Nowhere. I don't have family here. Um, so I went to stay with her. And when I had left the relationship, I was using. And I had gotten clean after I went to go stay with her. And then I would relapsed after about six months of living with her. And she, all she had wanted me to do was just really get it together. Get out. Get a job. Start doing something with myself. And I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I was in such a dark place. I didn't know where to begin to pick up my life. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know how to do any of this. So, um, when I started using again, and she found out, she just had enough of my shit. That yeah, she called DCFS on me. The first time I was able to 
to kind of get over on him and fake a drug test. But then two weeks later, I had relapsed again, and, and she had called on me. And that's when I just kind of told them. I said, you know what? Yes, I'm using, and I need the help. Um, so, you know, it's funny because a lot of people look at DCFS as, like, they're bad people. Evil. Yeah, they're really not, though. They're they're there to help reunite you with your kids, and they they want they don't want to take your kids from you. So um, they were able to help me in a lot of ways. So I'm really I'm really grateful for everything that I did go through because I wouldn't be where I am now. So we only have about a minute left. Uh, what would you say to people watching and listening about if they have either loved ones in addiction or if they happen to be addicted themselves about getting into some kind of program and recover? Mm-hmm. It's possible. It's work and it's terrifying, but it's it's doable. I mean. I didn't want to go into treatment, and I didn't know what I was going to come out doing, but but I, I, I did it, and I I got out, and I've never I've never loved my life the way that I do now. So it's doable, and it's a lot of work, but but it's possible. If I can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say that. I you, I think so. I was I was pretty bad. So <laughs> well, but you have you you seem to have a lot of inner motivation. Mm-hmm. because you keep setting goals for yourself. Yes. Where do you see yourself five years from now? Um, hopefully wrapping up school and having a degree and helping other people. You want to stay in this, working in yes, the recovery yes. field? Yes, I want to do um, social work. Um, I also want to go into mental health. So. And Lord knows there's a demand for people who have licensed you know, mm-hmm. licenses to do that kind of work. Yes, that's what I want to do. Maybe I'll end up with Odyssey. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that. We're offering a five thousand dollar bonus right now if you could, <laughs> if you could complete school. Well, yeah. hopefully that's still in place when I'm done. So, <laughs> thank you. I've enjoyed I've enjoyed knowing you over the years, and I appreciate you coming on and sharing your your thoughts and feelings. And, and our goal in doing this is not to promote Odyssey because there are a lot of good programs out there. Odyssey happens to be one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to just try to let people know more about the whole disease yes. itself and the fact that there's hope. There is hope, There right? is. There definitely is. And that's probably the most rewarding thing about working for Odyssey is seeing all the people that come through and the ones that really struggle when they start. And you don't even think that they're going to make it through the program, but they do, and they turn their whole life around. And it's just it's such an amazing thing to watch. So... They may have said that about you when you first oh, came in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my case was rough, but, yeah, it was I, – I love it. I love my story, and I, and I love sharing it. So We're lucky to have you at Odyssey. Stephanie World was our guest today. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you. And thank you for watching another edition of Odyssey House Journals.